rainy afternoon in the still city in the words of rakim i believe it was it's been a long time gavin it's been a long um, time yeah shout out to apple for yeah. uh, making all that shit inoperable for the last few weeks uh, early season uh, technical difficulties yeah don't do that update kids if you're listening i think um, that segues quite well into some franchises as well <laughs> um yeah we're back it's pick and roll podcast good afternoon and all that it's a terrible afternoon to be fair <laughs> it's fucking miserable the season well underway now. We're um, a fair chunk in, over a month, starting to take shape. Played, what, um, 13, 14 games now? Injuries have been a some big thing early doors. As, Injuries, uh, early doors, uh, as well as as well as well some, let's say, outside the realms of legal treatments that people might yeah, take well, to prevent uh, injuries. Uh, we'll come things. on to the uh, idiots of the month in a bit. Fair, fair, I, don't, I think it's more nuanced than that, to be fair. Yeah, um, but yeah, Zion, as you uh, Zion. predicted on the uh, pre-season pod, went down early. Um, and kind of uh, everyone's pre-season darlings, the Pelicans, who were so everyone was raving about, has been a, 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 shit. a, a league pass uh, favourite of. Uh, they're just as shit, but they've got Lonzo it, Ball instead of proved not to Anthony be the case, Davis, but... which is and he's hurt as well now. Shit. <laughs> Have you enjoyed watching Luca? Mavericks probably not, you know they're not the greatest team, but it's. Uh, it's worth watching if an evening. I don't know how you can not. Isn't he like point two like assists under averaging a triple double or so? He's got far? five already this year. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. It's but it's not like a, a James Harden Westbrook type triple double. It's actually exciting to watch. You know, I mean, it's not yeah. ISO ball um, pad statting kind of thing, is it? It's he's doing the whole thing there for them, isn't he? The Mavs and uh, yeah, yeah, he's. Looks very much a future MVP and uh, multiple. <laughs> it looks like a current shout for yeah, MVP. Yeah. To be fair, it looks like a current shout. Yeah, they've uh, he's he's been he's been joyous uh, to watch. Paul Zingas has been shit. Yeah, I mean it's been what twenty months off. Twenty so, months so off. You'd expect a bit of rustiness, but um, well rested though. Yeah, yeah. The Mavs have had some exciting games. Um, they've been good. Um, See the Zinger get booed at the, booed in the garden. Yeah, it's funny. Um, if that's the only way you can get up for a game, if you're New York, it's yeah. not a great sort of fucking reflection on your franchise, is it? Like, yeah. We're just going to be, you know, this guy realised what a train wreck our franchise was, <laughs> wisely fucking got out of there. I, I, let's, I let's boo the shit out yeah, of it. Yeah, how, how is there not a Nick fan game, by with, the way. with half a brain who isn't like, fair point. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. yeah. Yeah, fair point. Maybe we're the problem, not him. I'm, I'm fairly sure they all moan about exactly the same things he was moaning about, but somehow he's supposed to piss his professional career away with it, whilst they voluntarily choose to keep throwing their money. David Fisdale. So we can we can safely assert at this point he's a fucking shit coach. Well we, we can say that. I think we can say that. Do you know how I can say that? Because Marcus Morris is leading Marcus, sorry, Marcus Morris Senior. Marcus Morris the Elder is uh is leading that team in shots. Like you're failing as a coach completely if it's got to the point where Marcus Morris is drawing up the fucking <laughs> plays for himself. He doesn't help himself, does he? Uh, Fisdale with his sort of 
Don't help Can't. them. Don't help. Don't help himself. Had the whole preseason, whatever, to decide who his point guard was, and it's like four games in, he still can't make his mind up. You know, and Nilakina becomes a default sort of point guard just because everyone else is injured. You know, it's like, yeah. Um, he, he looks like Chris the Clown without makeup. <laughs> so he just looks like a broken man. Just... He's done. He's he just. He's, he's not doing it. If you, when you, when that is happening, <laughs> when Marcus Morris the elder is take, is leading your team in shots, then you've just lost control. It's really like Bobby Portis has a great game because it's the balls and the stuff. It's yeah. kind of like there's all these little individual battles. Being individual narratives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, what's yeah. that tell you? Players yeah. are having to get themselves exactly. up yeah. if you don't know I mean for stuff. There's yeah. no um, old freckles there. The uh... Assistant GM, whatever his name is, uh, it's the Mills and Perry show. Whatever Mills they, and they Perry. got sort of thrust out in front of the uh, press, didn't they, by Dolan after their, uh, that particular defeat last week and pushed under the press shape bus. Tried to throw uh, Fisdale sort of under the bus, if you will, you know. Uh, so it's yeah, it's just as we predicted. Um, A pre-season. shit show, um, but it's funny. It is funny. So. It's entertaining. Um, it's New York. Speaking of former Knicks, a certain Carmelo Anthony has. Uh, Reappeared, like reappeared, a, like an unflushed turd, if you will. A bit harsh, maybe, but um, uh, yeah. On your blazers, Mister Neil O'Shea, an early panic move, if you will. I'm, it, it appears, Mister O'Shea seems his, his GM style is, I don't know, panic attack. I guess I think seem, I don't know to be any sort of tangible plan, really. And I don't think he's the player you need watching. Uh, no, as much no. as the blazers I have this year, which has been quite a bit. Yeah, you you, you need wing defense. He's on a non guaranteed one. Um, we need some sort of power yeah. forward and some wing defense because we let that go in Harkless and Aminu. So um, I don't think it's even that. It's like when I've watched the Blazers, it's you know Hassan Whiteside's one of those guys. Like you, you look at his raw stats and stuff, and like he'll get his blocks. And yeah, stuff, yeah. But you actually watch him play defense. He's not. He's Do not anything. leading the team. He's not marshalling shit. No, like that. No. He's not telling anyone anyone where to go. There's very little communication. It's just. And that that seems to be a lot of the problem. The plan I think, was, well. I, I think, the plan was to ride this through. I think lots of the people who want, like, we can't trade for till like the twelfth of December anyway, yeah. can you? So, it, I think this is recognizing that if it get, if carries on like this and gets to, it's too far behind to even. Well, they could be in so big of a fucking hole by then. Yes, yeah, and that's what I mean. Be, so um... I think it's it's gambling on on Mello because he's you're not giving anything up. You're yeah, going to have to give something up. I mean, they they lost. I think they lost six of seven, haven't they? Um, and they'd only beat the Hawks, which, you know, in overtime. So With, with Dane playing and, like um, MVP as well. Well, he dropped 60 on the, on the Nets to do yeah. that loss. Um, 60 in a loss. A great game. You know I, watched I, mean? that on, I watched that on VR, actually. It was, um, yeah, it was very little defense played in that game. Um, and then they eat one out against the Spurs, who have, have got their own struggles. At they the minute, started so. strong and then fell apart. Um, and that's the start of like a six-game road trip where they've got to play the Rockets, the Bucks. Uh, amongst other teams, so yeah. they could be in a fucking hole here. Like, yeah, it yeah. could go south pretty quickly, um, which I think you it can't afford to is. do in the West. CJ McCollum seems to have kind of, I don't know, the effort night to night. I don't know if he's carrying injury or something. Just doesn't seem to be sort of there at the minute. I don't know. It's one to watch Portland. I think they're one of my alarm bell sort of teams, if you will. Uh, alarm bell is a fucking air raid siren <laughs> no, going I off. Think it's the way the Someone's called Mellow's agent. That's that's, that's not an alarm I bell. I don't blame te- Terry Stotts. You know, that's you know. like Defcon Four. No, yeah. they've traded away all the fucking wing oh, defense. They've yeah. traded away the the role players yeah. for I don't know what. I don't know what you could have got a yeah. better fill in center. I'm not convinced by Mario Hazonia either. Um, from what I've seen so far, he's no. I've but never we've seen all anyone... seen too much Mario Hazonia. Yeah, I've never seen anyone take. Force so many bad shots sort of off the dribble and stuff. He just runs into traffic and kind of just 
He doesn't even get really? fouled. He just kind of just throws his arms and the ball. It's just, yeah, it's not, I don't know. His it's finishing's appalling. Just like some people that throw up some terrible shots. Yeah, um, but... Yeah, he's yeah he's not the only one there, but um, yeah, it's but yeah um, no he's, he's he's just playing way more than anybody well, ever anticipated, isn't yeah, it? Like yeah. he, he was a flyer they took to Anthony, fill in the role, but nobody he's not supposed <laughs> to be starting at four. Anthony Anthony Tolliver's got the fucking um, the sort of movement of Roger Moore. <laughs> in some Anthony of the lighter, Tolliver, uh, Anthony James Tolliver, Bond films there, Jeez. bless him. Um, you know, but not his fault. Um, it's not his fault. He's just as old yeah. as Luke Gossett Jr. Yeah. Or something like he just shouldn't be, uh, sh- shouldn't be there. He's he's a good stretch mark for for your second <laughs> unit, if you know what I mean. Ten he's, years ago, yeah, he's eighth or ninth man. Yeah. He, he can shoot a three above league average, which against a, a second unit power forward is going to create some sort of problem. He should never be starting. Yeah. Speaking of teams who've struggled defensively, have you, have you seen much of the Nets? What, what have you made of the whole sort of Kyrie effect so far on that team? It's made him worse. He's been putting his numbers up, hasn't he? But it's um, made them worse. I think that's what yeah. he does. That's what he is. That's what he is. He is that guy from Cleveland before LeBron. He's never got any better. They've not kept uh, an opposing team on hundred points yet this season, and uh, you, you can see it. Sort of watching that Portland game, it was um, yeah, they, they're struggling to stop it. And we've got Jarrett Allen playing defense, and not not a great deal else. Yeah, really. um, that's that's it. They're just missing guys like Jared Dudley and Damari Carroll, who could just you know a bit of veteran sort of you know. Monday Hollis Presence, Jefferson. Know what you're doing yeah, they've, exactly. They've, yeah, yeah they've taken, they've taken a, a Cinderella team, and I think it's very, to be honest, it reminds me of Boston a year ago, mm. where people thought, right, this is it. He's the missing piece. You add that to this sort of young, they haven't really got unselfish the squad. Boston had though, have they? Really, if you look at, I mean, Spencer didn't, but he's a good player and stuff. Mm. He's, they seem Garrison to have too Burt. many. He's injured now, isn't he? Yeah, as well, yeah. so they seem to have got too many similar type of players. I mean, John Drake Jordan's just not. Bothered about playing defense at this point, it's... which is interesting for a very, very, very limited offensive player. Yeah, um, it's got so bad they've, they've uh, I think, got him on Shumpet off the uh, off his sofa now off to sofa. come and try and off play the waiver sofa. some kind of uh, a defense. Which is a shame because I really like this Nets team, like the last couple of years of the way they like were going the Celtics forward, a year ago. Yeah. If you know what I mean, um, it's that it's that dude. It's that dude. P- people need to acknowledge that, like he's really good at putting a bouncing a ball and putting it through a hole. But when it comes to the game of basketball, it being his, a team sport, well, not making his teammates better. He's not. Yeah. There's, yeah. Which leads into the Celtics, who, yeah. Are they 10-1 and one now, is it? Yeah, I think they lost their first one, didn't they? Yeah, the Warriors G, G League team gave them a good run on, <laughs> on Friday night there. The Santa Cruz, Orange Peels, yeah. or whatever they um, But yeah, if you, they lost that first game to Philly. I mean, they beat Toronto, they beat mm. Milwaukee, which, you know, good wins against good teams. And then they've just, rest of the schedule's been pretty friendly. So, you know. But um, yeah, you can only beat what's put in front of you. And, uh, I also think there's a noticeable difference in yeah, in, like yeah, the, Kemba the spreading the love, stuff, the yeah. team spirit. Yeah. Kemba telling his teammates to shoot, not giving them stink eye when they've got the temerity to take yeah. an open jumper. Marcus Smart's been beasting as well. You've seen him guard, just guarding everyone. Six, guarding everyone. Six foot seven. Get, bring it, it. bring it, He's bring great. it, pause, I guess. I'll guard you. Yeah, I'll guard you. He's one of my favourite players. I fucking love Marcus Smart. He's amazing. Love Marcus Smart. He's the first player I always get on any console game. Uh, like, that's it. Yep, get him in. Lockdown. He's, he's, a, um, he's a joy. He's a joy. Hayward injured. Can't get a break. Can't get a break. Well, we can. He's well. just in his hand. <laughs> yeah. Really weird one as well. He just crashed into Aldridge on the screen. 
Yeah, I saw it. It was a bit innocuous. It was yeah, kind of yeah. like, how's that happen? Yeah. But Zach Collins, when he did his shoulder, just was equally innocuous. Yeah, yeah. Lots of weird sort of injuries, like the Curry hand injury, obviously. Mm. Um, I think he got injured again last night. Um, D'Angelo Russell, he yeah. had a hand injury. I don't think it's as bad as Curry's, but um, a bit of raft of injuries yeah. throughout the league. Um, Too much ball bouncing? Yeah. I don't know what it is. don't know what it is. Um, so yeah, Boston look, you know, they're going to be contenders, aren't they? They look back to what they, yeah. we thought they were, everybody thought they were going to yeah. be when they added Kyrie. It's just people think it's a computer game sometimes and look at the stats and you add the stats and into this and forget that personalities are a huge, huge thing. Especially in a, you know, a sport with so few players on the team. It's, it's one bad apple can, uh... The other issue is as well, you know, they play so many games, so you have to spend so much time on the road with these guys. Yeah. It's not like football, where you once a fortnight, you have to mm. you have to sit on a fucking train with these dudes or something, if you know what I mean. You get, get on a plane for an hour and a half, like, and be like, fuck that guy. I'm not seeing a great deal of Philly, talking of the sort of contenders in the I'm East. I'm not seeing a great deal of Philly, because they look uh, like the... They look like the Detroit Pistons in the 1990s well, or like late Joel, 80s. Joel, can or he something. just play two games in a row? Is that too much to ask? I, I think mean, it probably is. I think it probably doesn't is. doesn't bode well, does it, for the playoffs when this guy just seemingly can't get up for sort of two games in a row at any kind of level? He's just. Are you going to get in shape at He's some point? He's too when's busy social mediaing him this shit. He needs to shut the fuck up. Trying off. to wind Carl Anthony Towns up. Like, Carl you know, Anthony just... Towns buoyed him in that, I think. <laughs> But what a dick as well. Like, you get ejected for the game and he's mugging to the fucking crowd. And I'd be like, you're a fucking idiot. You just got thrown out of the game for yeah. no reason. What? Don't fucking, don't milk it, you dipshit. I don't know. He's just, we made our feelings quite. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well known about Philly uh, last season. Ben Simmons, was, see all those uh, threes he was practicing uh, over the summer of coming home. Up. Has he took one yet? Has he taken one yet? <laughs> Probably no. not. No, no. Yeah, yeah. All right, Paul. Yeah, yeah. Um, at some point people yeah, need to acknowledge he's a, he's a ball handling small know. forward and not a point guard. Paying Tobias Harris over thirty million dollars a year seems like a fucking reach as well. I'd rather pay. I've I'd rather pay Tobias Fumke. Well, much. I'd rather I'd rather have kept Jimmy Butler, but I know that's another story. Uh, Miami, that's another story. Yeah, I was quite low on them on the over unders pod we did. Yeah, Mike and um, yeah, never fucking bet against Eric Spolster or. Uh, and fucking um, Pat Riley's fucking mafioso fucking yeah. luxury yacht. He yeah. runs that place like he must run a crew on that yacht. If you know um, Tyler Hero looks a player. Tyler looks like Hero! A steal. <laughs> <laughs> Domestic violence uh, fucking uh, offender Kendrick Nunn. Ken- Kendrick Nunn. Yeah, Kendrick Nunn. I love all those people that were like, who is this guy? Why did nobody take <laughs> yeah. a chance on him? Because um, he's got quick she, hands. She got red marks around the neck. Go for me honest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's what. Have a have a Google, have a Google. Um, why was he in the D League last year? I can tell you why. <laughs> not uh, not the biggest idiot on that team. It appears not though. the biggest idiot. No, step forward, Mister Dion Waiters. Mister uh, Dion, after being in the doghouse for uh, the start of the season, um, decided to let me get this right. Uh, did he get, take one of those? He took an edible. Sweet. Are these one of those things that that you once took when we were in America? And I went. I went wandering off and came back and found you in a fancy dress shop, dressing up as a postman and an army man and all sorts of other things like Mr. Ben. Yeah. <laughs> Those are things I'm just... So they have a strange effect on you. Obviously not, not great on uh, on old Dion there. It was army uh, surplus, though. Army it, surplus. Wasn't, it wasn't okay, a fancy okay. dress shop. <laughs> Me and Coops, we just got a little bit turned around it's in Philly. very amusing. Philly. But, uh, but yeah, that's, that's... Still got a bag from that just day. Just say no, kids. Sick. Yeah, Still exactly. got a bag from that day. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah... yeah. 
the most expensive whitey in history. Yes, I think yes. You, I think you call it. You had a panic attack. The world's most expensive whitey. you got to be careful with them edibles. 800 grand. Got to, be, to be fair, he didn't snitch on who gave it to him. No. He took it from a team. Who's your uh, likely candidate? I know mine is. Also in the doghouse at Miami. You say James Johnson. James Johnson's definitely on my number one. Yeah. <laughs> Captain James Johnson. Yeah. yeah. Uh, stitches for snitches and all that. Uh, but, uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, they've been, uh, yeah, idiocy aside, they've... Uh, they they played very well. Hey, sure. look, that's what happens when you get rid of Hassan Whiteside, isn't it? Isn't it just Jesus? Yeah, Bam Adebayo in the centre now. Is he? Uh... Him and him and Justice. The yeah. Justice Winslow finally seems to have been like, yeah, I'm still here. Yeah, they beat the Bucks. They beat the Rockets. Um, they've they've had some good wins. Hmm. Um, yeah, we'll shall. Uh... Yeah, they're good. they're going to be a playoff team, aren't they? I think and they Jamie are. Butler's not even been their best player. He missed no. a few games and stuff. So not at just, all. Justice Winslow. It's uh, they've got quite a few injuries. Uh, Again, but um, Dragic, you know, two years ago, the guy was an all-star, you know. I know he's getting up there in years and he, he's had a bit of injury history. And stuff, I think but, he mucked um, himself last year, isn't it, with a Eurobasket Yeah, stuff. yeah. They had he a, put himself a into that for Slovenia. And, yeah. Um, I think at that point that was his priority as yeah, well. And that's, fuck it, yeah. Jesus, they won that. That's like they, fucking they, know, Wales winning the Euros or something, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah and that NBA money's guaranteed anyway, isn't it? So if you're in yeah. the middle of a five-year contract, why not, take, why not take year three off? He's not going to be on bins anytime soon. Um, speaking of someone who had a full summer and more of rest, um, Mr. LeBron James, who... Mr. LeBron James. Looking sprightly. Looking sprightly. Um, well, he's trying this year, so... Yeah, he's giving it a go. Yeah. He's decided um, to turn up this which year. Which helps. Um, yeah, I've still got my question marks about them, sort of come. Sort of the business end of the season what, stuff, but um, I've watched a bit of I've watched a bit of the Lakers. Yeah, and I will say this: firstly, the other night against the Kings, they should never be wearing the purple at home. Never. Nah. You don't ever want to see the Lakers in purple at home. That's lame. But um, you know what? He fucking travels a lot. Yeah, he travels all the time. He's got a really high bounce, and he's he like skipped to my lose his feet all the time. So yeah. he's taking like two or three steps per bounce. He uh, no, they never call it, but. My God, does he travel? Yeah, they've had a fairly easy schedule if you actually look at it, though. Um, yeah, I think yeah, it's, record, been, it's been about the most generous, year. isn't it? Yeah, I mean, they lost to the Clippers and they lost to the Raptors and they kind of played a bunch of fucking bang out. Man, they, they beat Utah early on in the season when Conley was struggling. But yeah, I think tougher, tougher times ahead, possibly for the Lakers. I think we'll kind of see that record sort of balance out a bit. But yeah, when you've got Davis and James on your team, you're going to be. You're going to be in the playoffs. Shout out to Dwight time, Howard yeah. for finally achieving self-awareness. That's not going to last long. Who knows? Who no, knows? But I think that... God, that fucking Mark Jackson. That should be the model for Carmelo team. Anthony, if you know what I mean. Like, well, know, know, know your role. Melo, yeah. He's if you know what I mean. I like that with Melo. I think he's just thinking he can't play defense and he never has been able to. So I don't know. Dwight Howard's just a Well, he never had to pain in the put arse. the effort in. No. There's not a thing of like you can... In, in a team scheme like Portland, he's just got to shuffle his feet. From side to side, if you know what I mean, yeah. like he can do that. So it, it's about whether he wants to or not. Alex Caruso finally getting the shine. We were beginning that guy. Alex Caruso. He's, well, he's it, become it, like a national story now. It's literal as well as <laughs> metaphorical. The shine as his hair thins and those lights hit the top of the dome. It's, you can't not see him shining. Yeah, I hope he's waxing that paint. To be yeah. fair, he's a, he's a good player, man. He's he's really good. Fucking he's really good. And then yeah, he's got yeah. them sneaky hops and that long yeah. arm tomahawk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sadly, Rajon Rondo's back now, so we might see his. Uh, hopefully, Frank Vogel's sensible, and you know we'll, we'll keep him in the rotation. Yeah, um, I, th- I think the plan for Rondo is nine minutes as a backup point guard. Yeah, you'd hope so. But uh, yeah, it's, speaking it's, of people who don't play defense, they've also got contenders on Milwaukee. Just keep on ticking, Giannis. Just. 
putting up stupid numbers. Missing Brogdon. Yeah, yeah. Missing Brogdon. They are, but they're yeah, gonna live not, to rue that. I don't think it's gonna matter contract. that much in the East. They'll probably miss him come playoff time. But uh, yeah, they're yeah. gonna they're gonna live to regret that. Yeah, he had a good game the night, Bledsoe, didn't he? But um, I think that might be the deal that that sends Yanis somewhere else. Mm, when you all, when you when people see. do the, do the autopsy and trace it all back, that might be the 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 blunder. Yeah, paying Bledsoe, um, capping yourself out for Brogdon. Yeah, it's a lot of money there, wasn't it? You know. Um, yeah, it is a lot of money, and they've t- yeah they've tied themselves in knots. And yeah, speaking of people who are putting up big numbers, um, James Harden James putting Harden. up silly numbers, but it's it's so fucking boring. It really. Do you, do you enjoy watching them? I don't. I just can't do it. It's uh, I can't sit and watch someone get to the free throw line fourteen times a game. I just fucking rather slip my wrists. It's it's not. I don't know. It's not like watching Luca put up a triple double. Do you know what I mean? I don't know. It's just that. No, step back no, threes well, and free throws. It just doesn't do it for to me. To be honest, I, I, don't I don't know why more he's teams. He's very good and he's mastered this. But it's I don't know just... why more teams don't. I think I think what it is is that he plays in a very deliberate way, and he has a way of slowing the people around down to his pace. Yeah. So it confuses them and puts them off step. While other players try and go up a gear, he seems to go down a gear and before you know it, he's doing one of those like behind the back passes out of a double team where on a screen where both dudes are going oh we switch, oh yeah. shit and he's kicked Oh he's too. very good obviously but he's... it's just, uh, and, and that's what it is I don't know, they're a bit better this season because they've added Furious Rusty's unpredictableness to that mix and he's not really got going yet though has he, I don't, it doesn't I don't know. The fit still doesn't look great. Well, it's not going to, is he? No, he's not. He's, he's not going to, is he? He's no. a below a league. Av- he's massively below league average in terms he's of efficiency. About their third or fourth best player, if that. Do you know what I mean? It's a lot of money to pay. But yeah. he does bring that change of pace. Yeah. From I, from that, I still think they're a team built for the regular season as opposed to playoffs, though. And uh, a shout out to Daryl Morey as well for ruining Nene's career. By the way, he's basically in purgatory now. They yeah. can't fucking play him because he tried to circumnavigate Get the fucking cute. salary cap. Yeah. So he's. Jeff Van Gundy was uh, on one of their to, games. To be fair, Nene's career has been kind yeah, of done for a while. Still, he's fucked him over there big time. Yeah. Um, Jeff Van Gundy was kind of brought it up on the brought. He was like, where is Nene? He's on the bus. Why is he not in the building? I don't get it. And like, I can't remember who was on with like Mike Breen yeah. or someone. Just fucking radio silence. It's like, yeah, let's not get him. They've, they've, fucking, they've screwed him big time there, which is really poor. But, uh, poor form. What are you going to do? Poor form. Um, I, I'd let Daryl Morey fuck me for 30 million. I'll be honest. <laughs> His polo shirt. I'll be honest. Um, I don't think it lasts long. Gordon injured now as well, so they're looking a bit thin. A bit uh, thin on the ground. Did you see, uh, see the game against the Clippers, though? That uh, was quite funny. Yes. Uh, Austin Rivers waving. To- <laughs> 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 Getting his old man a fucking tag. That yeah, was yeah, yeah. fucking brilliant. That, I enjoyed that. <laughs> I quite warm into Austin Rivers. Yeah, yeah, big up yourself, Austin, on that one. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was like clapping and shit when he got yeah, fucking yeah. hauled I'll call you later. I'll call you later. Yeah, that was it. That was that was the game Van Gundy was on it. So it was, uh, uh, was quite amusing. I enjoyed yeah, that. Game. Yeah, very little Hubie so far this year. I think he's only been on one game. He's eighty nine. Yeah, I mean, easing him into retirement. <laughs> he's off somewhere. Him and him and Jack Nicholson are lost in an elevator <laughs> talking about Kareem Skyhook. Yeah. Cap cap. Um, right, we'll have a small break. We'll be right back. Hey, this is Rick Mahorn. I'm a bad boy for life. Now, if you're not on the Pick and Roll podcast, I'm going to come out there looking for you. Because you know what? Bad boys like to be listened to on the podcast. 
pick and roll, baby. Pick and roll. But I'm not picking. I ain't even rolling. What do you make of this fucking Iguodala thing? He's basically just decided he doesn't want to fucking play this year, but take the money. He's like, what the fuck? Every time I look up, he's on some talk show or radio show or something. It's like, aren't you paid to play basketball? I don't know. There doesn't seem to be any criticism of like him just deciding, fuck it, I don't want to play. I don't know. It's weird. Are they are they paying his wages? I just, it's just a very strange one. But they look like a fun team as well, Memphis. I don't. I don't what is it? What, what what's the joke go? American culture is like a sandwich. No matter which way you flip it, the bread comes first. And okay. and and they'll always like. No one's ever criticized for unfettered greed or or like not fulfilling their end of a bargain. Like the concept of an honorable exchange is seems to be lacking when you can rip somebody off. Essentially, I don't know at what point he's committing seventeen fraud. million dollars. If you know I mean, what I mean, at what, just not at what point can you not just go to court and get this contract invalidated because he's decided he's he's saying I'm not. I'm, hey, it worked for Andrew Bynum. I'll I'll do it if you know what I mean. It's a weird one though because like, he's a guy who just doesn't seem to get. If, if he's it was, got Gilbert Arenas as his agent now, or someone somewhere. who's not fucking won rings and got a bit of a reputation is a good. Uh, I think with him, if that was fucking Carmelo Anthony, for example, he'd be in the fucking news yeah, every day, yeah. wouldn't it? And they'd be talk, like, oh, talking Mello. all yeah, kinds yeah, of shit yeah, about exactly, him yeah, and yeah. making all kinds of personal judgments about about a guy because he's 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 done this, but for some reason Iggy's Iggy's seems to be above the law. Hey, Iggy's at like business seminars, so he must know <laughs> what he's. Doing, he's yeah, in a Bernie Madoff kind of fucking way. I don't know. They've been fun to watch though. Uh, Jean Morant's got to be fucking favourite for a rookie year. Year now. You'd imagine. Yes, he's yes. A, he's a bit of a wizard. Isn't he actually he? needs to dial it down a yeah. notch sometimes. <laughs> that lad. Um, but he's their best player already. His, yes, his by, a, by a long way. Uh, they had a great win against Utah in uh, Conley's sort of return to mm. Memphis. Uh, now, yeah, scrappy. I like it. Um, I'm going to put you on the spot here, Gavin. Go on. Then. Can you name the uh, Memphis uh, Grizzlies coach? No. Because it would fucking escape me. Yeah, yeah no, Someone no. called Taylor Jenkins, apparently. Ah! Oh, wouldn't know him if he rocked up on my doorstep. That's step, it. But, that's uh, it. Yeah, I had to kind of reach back for that. I was like, who's their fucking coach? I knew it was yeah. bigger stuff. But, uh, that sounds familiar now. But yeah, they're uh, they're frisky. A lot yeah. better than I thought. I thought they'd be a train wreck. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought they'd be. Brooks looks a player and they've got, yeah. Well, they got rid of uh, Thingy, didn't they? Chandler, Chandler Parsons, Parsons. He's at Atlanta, yeah, yeah. isn't he? But... Um, yeah, I don't mind. that off onto the schlengs there. Yeah. Atlanta are as uh, bad defences as were advertised. Yeah. And speaking yeah. of dipshits, John Collins, come on down. Didn't know what it were, honest girl. Fuck off. Fuck off. It's all bullshit. And they all... I think What I think is terrible is that they've been pushed under the bus. There's no way that shed loads of NBA players are fucking not on that. And that is, or it's either they've gone outside of the program because just because you, you you piss and everybody at that level tests positive for a substance, and then it's whether that substance is banned or not. It's that level of banal technicality. And normally, like in cycling, people get done because they've been a cheapskate and they've still got some in the fridge from last year. But that substance is on this year's banned list. So the idea that these are two young dudes who've oh they've they've just taken a supplement or because if you're gonna do that the, the smart one is like like john jones in the ufc you say you took a fucking viagra or something because no no one's gonna go oh well uh, yeah well it's unbelievable i didn't know it was gonna be in that 
Yeah. Um, systematic doping is real, is what I'm saying. There was an interview with uh, Derek Rose a few years ago, and he was, someone asked him, like, what percentage of players, you know, in the league you think are on PDs? Yeah. And he was just like, fucking 90. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's yeah. like... Systematic doping is real. It'd be quicker to tell you he's not on them, do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's so like, I don't like the fact that they've pushed these two lads under the bus for this. Yeah. Wilson Chandler, another one who got. Yeah. It makes perfect sense to me. If you're going to invest that much money in, a, in, a, in an athlete, you'd be doing everything you can to maximize that athlete's physical potential and to get the best return on that investment. It makes total sense to me. And I'm not in. I don't think it's cheating. I think it's crazy that when people have had really bad injuries and things, we aren't using all, this, all the science and the technologies there to get people back as fast as possible. Mm. Like, I don't. Uh, I've never understood it. All I do know is that, yeah, you don't get the size of LeBron and stay the size of nah. LeBron if your job is to run up and down all night. <laughs> Look at marathon runners. They're not built, if you know what I mean. Wilson Kipton, who he won't want benching, if you don't. So, like, that's what one I'm... One for the teenagers, then. One for the teenagers. Ali <laughs> Gavasalassie, you know what I mean? Does he lift, bro? I don't know. Uh, I'm going to say no. But you don't get that big and strong and nah. stay that way nah. if that is your job. If you know what I mean, because everything you're doing, and it's a different sort of fitness is running the load. So fuck it, everybody, t- everybody should. That's what I'm saying. Fuck it, let's everybody jump like Derek. Let's <laughs> get him up there. Have you seen anything of the G League Warriors? Um, I've actually quite enjoyed watching sort of these uh, fringe sort of players. Like uh... I haven't actually. <laughs> I, I did. I did watch for a little bit just so we could just 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 because everybody has has kind of always been like. What would happen if Draymond Green was the best player on the team? He's actually played really well. He was great against Boston in the night. Um, <sighs> Eric Pasha, he's going to be all rookie, that dude. Have you seen it? Yeah. Tight uniform. He's stocky, tight, tight uniform. Yeah, <laughs> he's yeah, got yeah. some tight-ass shorts some on. Tight, tight-ass He's shorts. a baller. He's got There's some There's quite moves. a few. Kobe yeah. White. Kobe White likes a tight, yeah. tight short. Short shorts. Short shorts. Fro-fro. Um, yeah, it's, quite, it's been quite liberating watching, the, watching these dudes. Um D'Angelo Russell's another one from the Carrie Irving school for me as well. He's mm. like great scorer. You know, he's probably not making anyone around him better. He, you know, he, he can pass a little and stuff, but yeah, I don't know. I don't. Think not good enough. That, that's the he, problem. That's the problem with both of those players is that they're not good enough to get eight other blokes on board no. to carry that. To to be like, if you know what I mean. I'm not Harvest Grant in this fucking shit. No bastard way. You know, <laughs> like no, no, no. I'm I'm not no. Yeah, they've got like about nine fucking healthy players now. He could get to the point where it's sort of forfeiting games here. It's yeah. Just, well, it doesn't get to that, obviously. But um, yeah, it's I've never known a rash of injuries like it. It's fucking nuts. Come on, Lou. It's weird, though. Everybody. Everybody's like, yeah, it's all right. They're allowed to be terrible now. Kyle Bowman. I mean, who are these fucking guys? Yeah. Kai Bowman? I, mean, I don't know who they Jesus are. Jesus Christ. You watch it and you're like, is this? Yeah. This is. It's quite far removed. Uh, yeah, it's um, a lot of empty seats at that new uh, Chase Centre. Yep, well done, well uh, done. How much are the boxes? They're in the millions as well. Geez, That's the product you put out. That's the product you put out in return. What can you do though? It's so fuck funny. it. Go into the luxury caps and shit. If you well, know they're hard I mean. cap. They can't even add players. That's the thing. It it's be, uh, it's a bit of a uh, Spurs for uh, Tim Duncan vibe, really. I mean, I don't know who the. I don't think there is anybody. College players, I know. I don't uh, think there is anybody to thank for. Greg Anthony's son's getting sort of hyped up, isn't he? Cole Anthony, is it? He's a guard. I mean, I don't know what fucking college basketball's not even real, is it? Jesus, no, it's um, it's not good at all. Um, Watching a lad play cricket to see if he'd be good at baseball. (laughs) Um, Any of the new unis caught your eye at all? Uh, Um, Quite like the. 
the Warriors, white and gold, San Francisco. I, I don't like that. Score. You're not a fan. I think it's a bit tasteless yeah. as well. The, you've moved, you've moved out of Oakland three weeks, and already well, well, you're they, like they, they were San Francisco's yeah. team. Let's not forget. Yeah, were, but I, know, I just think you could give that a year. Yeah, I don't know. You could it's... give that a year before being like, "We're here, we've moved." <laughs> but let's forget Oakland. Let's forget the unis we had with the little Oakland municipal signs on and stuff like. Let's, we'll bend all that off. I think. Mm. I don't know. I just think you could be a bit more gracious about some stuff because yeah. it's that fan base that's, that's carried you for the last few decades. Um, Rockets broke out there, uh, sort of old, sort of red, the sort of nineties. Yep, I like that so, one. Yeah, I don't know. I never really liked them at the time. I don't know. It's, it's been wait- as long as it's not that fucking dark blue pinstripe shit. You're all right oh with the God. Rockets. Um, they had some all right, but it's a classic colorway, isn't it? The red and yeah, yellow. That's I guess what so. I like about yeah. it. Um, yeah, there's not been that many actually. No, I'm liking Portland's court. I'm liking Portland. Yes, that is nice with the white uh, yeah, painted yeah. area and stuff. It's pretty cool. The Brooklyn court looks quite nice on TV as well. With that sort of goth, sort of grey yeah. colour thing. Yeah, there's just some, yeah, like I said, that fucking purple black Lakers one's awful, <laughs> awful. Utah brought by that horrible late nineties yeah. monstrosity with the mountains. On. With the mountains, fucking yeah, dog This is fucking trying to cash in somewhere, isn't it? Yeah. That must I'm be on one of the ones that Mitchell that. and Ness didn't want in their fucking well, whatever deal they struck for previous IP. Yeah, Donovan's looked good this year as well. Donovan has looked good. Uh, now Mike Conley seems to have settled in a bit. Yeah, well, uh, he's got an old head. Who... They're going to be a tough out in the playoffs. Um, Conley's got that nice little pick and roll game going with uh, Rudy Gobert Rudy. and stuff. Uh, he looks like he's going to have a monster here, by the way. Um, he's really sort of added a lot more scoring, it seems. And uh, Bogdanovich as well, just another. You can get your 20 a game. Yeah, it's really uh, good pick They've added the players they really needed, good pickup. Yeah, and, um, they look like they know what they're doing. Yeah, they're, um, they sort of struggled out the gate a little bit, didn't they? C- uh, can we say this? Can we say this as well? I'm going to say this. Everybody's, pre- every, well, everybody's pre-season doll. Every, like, the most overrated team for people to say are underrated was that, but I, the, the Nuggets. I think we've seen as far as they can go. I don't think they... I just don't rate Jamal Murray. That yeah, much. That's what I'm I saying. Don't I don't think it's Gary Harris like, and Jamal know. Murray, and, and I don't mean what they've got there. I think, oh, the uh, young Nuggets, I think they yeah. can grow together, but what they grow together to isn't ever going to be good enough. Jokic looks like he adapted to World Cup and the long summer's kind of not really helped him either as well. And they had quite a long season last year. He just, Jokic looks like a lad who's not going to age well he's and he's going to age quickly. triple doubles up like he was last year, is he? No, um, no. It's, yeah, it's... Doesn't look, doesn't look any leaner, he's like no. He doesn't look any no. leaner. To be honest, yeah, Joseph Nurkic looks in better shape on Portland's bench. Yeah, they've really missed him, haven't they, this year? Well, it's, yeah, uh, no, they, that's why they put everything into Whiteside to replace that on this temporary thing, thinking they could then flip him for somebody like Kevin Love and it'd be all right as like a temporary yeah. plaster. People are getting carried away about Phoenix as well already, which... People are getting know, carried away yeah. about Phoenix, but they're quite... They're, they're a lot better. I well, said they were frisky. Proper NBA players like Aaron Baines, who kind of Aaron speaking Baines. of people who actually make players around them better yeah. and can you know can actually marshal a defensive backline and stuff and tell people you know he's yeah. you're bringing that on board which is and then Ricky Rubio can yeah. do the same thing on the yeah. other end of the court. A good player has his limitations, but you know well, one of them isn't one of them isn't won world championships. You know what, shit, I, mean? You know what like, I mean? Yeah. Yeah. He knows how to throw a ball around, um, and that takes a load off Devin Booker. Yeah, it's. Um, but yeah, they were. Um, you know, I, I still don't think they're a playoff team. But um, no, but I think they'd be maybe like the Kings last year, were, if yeah. you know what I mean, and just miss out on the yeah. last yeah. sort of thing. They've uh, speaking of I Kings, predicted <sighs> they'd be not very good. I didn't like the fit of that team, and um, it proved to be the case. The cut of that uh, jib is not doors, all good, um, and De'Aaron Fox now injured as well, so it doesn't help. But yeah, there's nothing um, there now. They've just got too many similar types of players, and I don't just. 
don't like that roster at all. I really I like Bielitsa. <laughs> yeah, but again, it's like, you know, his role's been diminished somewhat. Mm. Um, you know, he's, I don't know, I could just see him on another team eventually. Yeah, um, no. Well, they're about Fox and Marvin Bagley, and both of them are injured. injured. Yeah, yeah, yeah so. so it's kind of, yeah, I think they're candidates to take a step back this year. Um, oh, any other rookies caught your eye at all? Like I say, I like Kobe White. Yeah. He's got a good stroke on him. Yeah. He's got a good stroke, and he's, like, confident and lively off the Bulls bench. You do like, notice him more because of the barnet as well. The barnet, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, but he is, he is, uh, who's ever, is it at the Suns? Is it Cam Johnson? Yes. I like him at the Suns. Okay, I've not really watched any of Phoenix yet. I need he's, to he's, a, he's, a, he's a bit of a sparky shooter. Yeah, the Raptors have sort of kept on keeping on as well, really. Mm. Were, um, Larry's missed a few games. but Well, they played all last all the regular season without Kawhi, didn't they? So <laughs> it's not, they've not missed the beat. <laughs> yeah, they've had They've some, not missed the uh, beat. It's when it comes to the playoffs, they've you suspect. They've lost to some of the better teams. But um, yeah, um, Pascal Siakam just looks like he's going to be an all-star this year by the looks of it, isn't he? It would appear that way. Yeah. He's playing at that sort of level, isn't he? Um, he just seems to be a bit more versatile scoring the ball now and stuff. And um, Yeah, solid. Um, Charlotte Hornets are doing good. a bit better than I thought I they said were. I thought they'd be all right. They've, kind of, they've cut that rotation down. Kid girl Chris and all these non-shooters aren't getting a sniff and they're just playing the young guys and it's, um, yeah, they're playing all right. And mm. Rookie looks good as well, Washington. He looks solid. Who's mm. still a rookie I've really liked? You know, I really like him. I think he's going to be a really good NBA player, but he's just on a terrible team. The RJ Barrett kid on the Knicks as well. He just looks like he's give it three or four years, but yeah. he's sort of getting a bad situation. Get yeah. the fuck out of New York. I kind of well, I like. I like the look of that guy. I don't know. It's just, it might be too late. By yeah, then. It could, it could that's one. That's, hey, it's what we said about the NBA's problem. You get some of your, mo- your most promising potential yeah. stuck in the worst situation for the start. I of was their listening careers. to um, the uh, what's his called a guy, Bleacher Report guy, had um, Howard Beck, had God yeah. Sham got on his podcast. Did you listen oh, to that one? no. And he was talking about, obviously, his career lasted two minutes with Washington. He was just a classic example. Yeah. Wrong place, wrong time, wrong gear. Imagine him coming into the league now with handles and stuff. Yeah. He'd be like Trey Young, do you know what I mean? And it's just situations, isn't it? Can you yeah. tell you how your fucking careers go like that? It's, yeah, uh, no, and I think, yeah, I've said it, the league does a crazy stupid job with this stupid lottery system where yeah. you give the best players to the worst possible scenarios. It just, it doesn't bode well for your long-term future, as it were. Regular season's just becoming more and more kind of, you just want to get it over with nowadays. I don't know, it's kind of just... Ten games the playoffs in, were so good ten last games year. Ten games in, everybody's looking 70 yeah. games down the line at the finish line and I thinking, know, God, I is. wish this was half as long. I'm not going to go on to the load management because fucking that's so boring. But it's it's, We've been saying for years that the season's far yeah. too fucking long, isn't it? It's, um, yeah. yeah, gets going after Christmas and then you kind of... Yeah, the league, load management's just mutiny now at this point, isn't it? Like, fuck yeah. you to your owners. You can't... Yeah. You can't expect people to turn up and be in that peak physical fitness for nine months of the year. Yeah. Didn't work. Didn't work. And this is why we're seeing all these injuries. One thing that you've been mentioning years ago that I think needs reiterating. Can we have bigger chairs on the fucking bench, by the way, for the players? <laughs> yeah. Why are these, are these fucking multi-million pound fucking athletes and you've got them sat on fucking fold-up fucking So rich people don't chairs. have their views behind them. It's reviews. fucking bullshit, though. These yeah. guys, like, fucking... What's his name? Fucking Bobans. He's fucking sat with his fucking knees above his head almost. Knees in his like, ears, Can we yeah. Not just get some fucking bigger chairs. It's, it's ridiculous. A fucking joke. Can't be doing them any good. It's ridiculous. Do you know what I mean? It's Where's, like. We need Thora Birch, Thora Birch on know. fucking Shackleton's ice seats. And he's Where are they? It's you just, know what I mean? It's just 
it infuriates me. It's like, just give them some fucking wider chairs or something. I don't know. I wonder how many injuries are directly attributable. It can't the fucking to help. That. It really can't. I wonder how many injuries. You know, those freezing cold fucking arenas. They give you a pajama <laughs> top to put on over a vest. <laughs> and you go out and run around for a bit. get hot as fuck. <laughs> Then you got to sit down on a fucking four-year-old's like Playmobil chair. It is a fucking tiny. It's ridiculous. It's like yeah. going for lunch and sitting on sitting on mushrooms at McDonald's. Yeah. You know, on little kids' chairs. Yeah. Oh, can I shout out to Mike Gasol, by the way, for having the he had grit and grind engraved on his Raptors championship ring. Did, Did you see he? that? Yeah, oh, oh, that was a nice touch. That's, that is a I nice like touch. That. Yeah, they, uh, that is a nice touch. They let him do it. Um, so right, right, we'll have a small break and we'll uh, we'll be back with. Uh, a guest stay tuned Delighted to be joined on air, all the way from Las Vegas, Milo Berger, a.k.a. DJ Mighty Mai, Philly's Finest. Welcome to the show. Thanks, fellas. Thanks for having me. Is it warm out there? Because it's, fre- it's freezing over here in England at the minute. What's the temperature like? Uh, November's actually the nicest month of the year in Vegas because it's like 75 during the day and 65 at night and the sun's still kind of strong. So this is like, it'll get cold. We we have real winters here, and then you know, obviously, really, really hot in the summer. But November's like the the best month. Still busy out there, like plenty of people at the weekends and stuff. Or does it ever die down in Vegas? Yeah, this is what's known as the slow season. Okay, when um, you know, it's pre conventions, like the conventions start up again in January, and this is more like the holiday season. But it's still crowded. It's just not as busy as spring or you know the the big. The big holidays. Yeah, I've been out there like fight fight weekends in like Cinco de Mayo and stuff. It gets a bit hectic. <laughs> yeah, yeah So you were Philly boy, born and, born and bred, I guess. Were you, you yeah, know, obviously massive fan of the Sixers, the Eagles, the Phillies, the Flyers. Even I guess were you a hockey guy? Uh, I wasn't really a hockey guy. No, but and the you know the Broad Street Bullies were a little bit before my time, like. I was only like two or three years old when they yeah, were going yeah. in the Stanley Cup. So I guess I missed that. But definitely was there for like the golden era of, you know, the Sixers. And I mean, I guess post Will Chamberlain golden era. Yeah. And, um, you know, the Phillies team that won the World Series, you know. So it was definitely a, a good time to be growing up with the Philly sports teams. Yeah, I guess so. So how old were you when they won the title in like 83, about 10, I guess, something like that? Are you 73? Or- yeah. Yeah. I'm 72, so okay, yeah. you know, 10, 11 years old. So that's a good age, sort of. Yeah, uh, you becoming a bit more aware of it, kind of. You know, 11, I guess, and um, oh, it's a perfect yeah. age for it. Yeah, capturing yeah. your imagination. Yeah, so they'd had some heartbreak up to that point, I guess. The Sixers. Um, it was at 77. They lost to Walton's Blazers, didn't they? After being sort of two 0 up, and then was it Magic's rookie season? They lost in the finals again, didn't they? 
Yeah, when Magic played center. Yeah, well, they say he played center. Daryl Dawkins would dispute that. Apparently, <laughs> he, apparently, he jumped, he jumped the tip and then uh, yeah, <laughs> played point guard. But uh, yeah, and then I think it was a couple of years later they lost again to the uh, was it Lakers after after you beat Boston in that sort of game seven, the uh, yeah. the famous uh, sort of Andrew Tony game. So it was Moses coming in really that kind of tipped the balance, I guess. Uh, yeah, it was all um, about Moses. Yeah, he was a beast. Um, yeah, the famous uh, the famous fo 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 comment was the uh, was a prediction that didn't quite come true. But it wasn't far off. I think they lost the game to Milwaukee, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, that very uh, endearing Milwaukee Bucks team. Yeah, what well, we're talking, Sidney Moncrief, Marquise Johnson, yes, yeah. Yeah. yeah, he was in there. Uh, he was in White Man Can't Jump, wasn't he? Uh, Marquise Johnson. Uh, I think he does a books commentary nowadays. Yeah, Moses was just a beast, wasn't he, in those kind of playoffs and stuff? Yeah, I mean, just, you know, like when you look, go back and look at it now, you know, I guess he, he'd be kind of undersized in today's NBA. Yeah. You know, but he was kind of... What was he, like 6'10", I guess, something like that? Yeah, and but to like really dominate rebounding like he did, you know, grabbing three or four offensive rebounds, just putting him up to, to pad his stats, you know, it was it's kind of crazy. He had that sort of Rod Miller... Rodman ability to just jump up and jump back down and get up again sort of quicker than the other guy, didn't he? He was like just a fucking terror on the boards, I guess. It was uh, yeah, it was quite a sight. Um, but it was it was totally about getting Moses. I mean, up yeah. until then, they had had you know Caldwell Jones try to do it, yeah. and Caldwell Jones just couldn't beat Kareem Dawkins as well. I guess Dal Dawkins they got rid of, didn't they? That that year, and he got to Jersey or something like that. Yeah, Kareem was um, just serving all of them, you know, so it was all about getting Moses. But I remember when Daryl Dawkins got traded, like I grew up in in right right downtown. It's called Center City, Philadelphia. It's like right, you know, what would be whatever the the center of the metropolis is. And like there was a sense of kind of like the Brooklyn Dodgers, like the players living in Brooklyn and you'd see them walking to the games there was a sense of that in Philly, like they did live in downtown Philly and not the suburbs. And I remember Daryl Dawkins getting traded and he was where I saw him on the street and he was wearing this huge Cowboys hat, not <laughs> Dallas Cowboys, a real cowboy hat. And and someone yelled from across the street, good luck, Daryl. And he, and he waved back. It was crazy. <laughs> he's one of our fa- He's a recurring theme on our podcast, just from kind of, I don't know. Just NBA folk folklore and stuff. Uh, his book's quite a good read. I don't know if you've ever read it. Um, I don't know how much of it's true. I think he, uh, you know, <laughs> spins a few yarns, old Daryl. But yeah, he was, he was oh, yeah, what a character to grow up. It's kind of something like that in your local sports team. It was, uh, yeah. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, they won 65 games. They were kind of just, it never looked like they weren't going to win the title, did it? And they trounced the Lakers and they swept them, didn't they? Uh, in the end. Um, were you around for the celebrations and stuff? Yep. I was, uh, they would like let us, I want the school I was going to was in like right downtown Philly also. So the parade was very close to us. So they kind of like let us all leave school that day. Wow. There's memories you're not forgetting, are they? Jeez. No. <laughs> I mean, I would say that the 1980 Phillies were my first love, you know, yeah. the Pete Rose, Mike Schmidt team in yeah, yeah. the World Series. But the Sixers definitely was like the most impactful of all the championships growing up. Yeah. Little, what was that? There I weren't the, many. No, well, what, what are we talking here? Uh, what, since then, 2008. That was the Phillies, last one. And then and the Eagles a couple of years ago. But yeah, it's been, it was quite a barren spell there for Philly. 
Yeah, same. The Sixers still haven't won since then. <laughs> yeah. What do you? What do you? Do you still follow the Sixers now? Do you watch the games? Yeah, I get this like sports package where yeah. I get all the games. I'm, I'm very into them. You know, it's it just um, they got a good roster this year. Haven't they? Yeah, like I haven't. Yeah, I haven't lived in Philly since I was 18. But yeah. when you grow up there, like that, the teams kind of like stay with you for your of course, whole life. Yeah, it's a big sports town, isn't it? As well, it's uh, you know kind of blue collar yeah. and. Yeah, we've been out there a couple of times to watch games and it stuff. Gets, and... It gets it gets more crystallized your love for your team when you move away from your home city. Yeah, of course. Right. Like it's it's right. like a like immigrant parents how they think about their their homeland. If you know what I mean, it becomes <laughs> this kind of snapshot, this crystallized connection back to your like roots and place. It's... Yeah, right. I guess it's like England. There's a lot of transplants in the states as well. People move out the west coast or wherever, don't they? Or you know, major metropolis, and that's kind of. You hang your hat on that, don't you? You, you know, going to watch your team on a Sunday or whenever, I guess. Oh, yeah. I still watch all the Eagles games, like get together with my friends who are out here from Philly, that whole thing. Yeah. Did you get to the Super Bowl then or were you, did you watch it I in did. Vegas? Or, no? I did. I, I was so lucky. I had a DJ gig in Minneapolis where, where it was. No you way. Know, so I was able to score a ticket and go to the game. Oh, you went to the so, game? Insane. Yep. Outstanding. Wow. Yeah. And I went to the other Eagles Patriots Super Bowl, the one that they lost. With was Donovan that the McNabb? Donovan McNabb was quarterback? Yeah. yeah. College basketball, you seem to have, uh, have a bit of a love for. I've, uh, I saw you sort of tweeting out your, your you know, your favorite sports teams of all time, and the Temple Owls crop up. Um, yeah, well, my father taught there. He was a sociologist. Oh, okay, like, there like, you go. So that's twenty a connection. years. So, um, yeah, it, it all culminated in that year that Mark Macon was a, a freshman, and yes. they were ranked number one in the country. And I would go to all the games, and he was kind of friendly with the. The president of the university, this guy Peter Leacoris, which the, is where they play now, the, Le- the Leacoris Center. But back then it was that McGonagall Hall. So that year, anyway, I think it was 86, 87, uh, I went to all the games and into the locker room and just the whole Mark making hype. But the whole starting five were really good with Tim Perry and Ramon Rivas and this white guy named Mark Rieswick, yeah. which was rare for there to be a white player on the Temple team. It was kind of like <laughs> Georgetown in the 80s. Is this when Don Chaney was coaching that, I guess? Yeah. He had either. these 5.30 a.m. practices. Um, so that team kind of like took over the popularity in Philly, but just for one year. Because yeah. usually Villanova um, is the team in Philly that gets most of the press, okay. usually. you know. I guess if you go to the games and stuff and you got a family connection, though, yeah, it's going to long live long in the memory isn't it i guess it's, yeah. oh yeah you know the only thing i remember about mark macon was he wore like a pair of feelers when he was at denver like well, well like a street shoe you remember the feeler fx you're a sneaker guy aren't you, you remember the feeler yeah. fx when he, i can remember him wearing them in a game it's the only thing i can remember about mark macon he, i mean he, really? had a, he had a decent nba career didn't he but he wasn't, he wasn't a star by any not really no. not really he was and also at temple he was incredible as a freshman then had like a sophomore and junior year like duds of a season, and then his okay. senior year he got good again. Yeah. Um, Dwayne Coswell as well was he on those teams? Yeah, he played, he played yep. in the. I mean, so quite a few players who actually got drafted 
pretty high and stuff. Oh, like yeah. That. Eddie Jones, mm. Aaron McKee. One of our favorites. The head, Eddie Jones. The head coach. He yeah. is. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Eddie Jones is one of our favorites here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. What player. Was he good? I, I guess he was a good player at Temple. He was amazing on the Lakers. So, uh, yeah. yeah, they had a very good team with um, Aaron McKee, uh, Eddie Jones, yeah. and I think Pepe Sanchez. Do you remember him? I don't know. What a defensive backcourt, by the way. Eddie Jones and Aaron McKee. Why? Yeah. Good luck getting past that. <laughs> Jesus. The Michigan Wolverines as well of 89. What's the connection there? Did you just kind of, did you like watching them play or? Yeah, well, Eon, um, you know, from my group, the High and Mighty, yes. he was, he was um, very into Michigan. His father went there. So oh, okay. I kind of like adopted my likeness for them. Oh, and also my uncle lived up there. I really wanted to go there to actual college at the University of Michigan. It was just like a kind of a, yeah. a growing up favorite school. And yeah. then that team with Ramil Robinson and, and, Glenn Rice, yeah. yeah. So we didn't Great. get college basketball on TV over here till like '92 when the sort of cable came out. So we missed all this. You kind of you could read about it in magazines, people like you know Glenn Rice and Mel Robinson, Lloyd really? Vaughan and stuff. But yeah, we didn't kind of get. It wasn't till like '91, '92, like the Christian Leighton Duke teams and Weber and the, you know the Fab Five Michigan team. Yeah, it was like the Dream Team Olympics. Yeah, kind of like '92, '91, '92. Yeah, so we missed all this over here because we only had like. What about the NBA? NBA, you could kind of get, yeah, you'd get like NBA um, in sort of small doses. You had to work for it. Yeah, <laughs> it was kind of, we didn't have many TV channels here back then. And then cable kind of came out like early 90s. So you'd get like a couple of games a week, NBA. But they they had it on terrestrial TV sometimes. But college stuff, forget about it. You know, they, you couldn't see any of that. It was uh, it was kind of alien. You just had to read about it, I guess. And so, Was Jordan still like a massive star over there? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. huge, yeah. Yeah, everyone wanted to wear Jordans and stuff. You know, it was, um, yeah, it was big. It was big. But, yeah, we just, we missed out on a lot of stuff. Was, you know, you had to fucking wait a week to find out the result. This is pre-internet, do you know what I mean? So, uh, you know, you just right. had to, you know, you had to search out your, your literature and whatnot and your, your VHS tapes and stuff. So. To be on the other sports section of the teletext. Yeah, yeah. To, you know, take around 18 pages. Find out the fucking scores of two days later and shit like that. It was... Uh, it's kind of fun. So, um, were you still in Philly well, for for the Iverson era then, or were you in New York by then? I guess I was in New York, but I had a strong Philly contingency living in New York. So okay, we were very, very into that team. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we were big fans at the time. Especially when, got, when they got to the finals, like against the Lakers and stuff. Um, it's amazing that you, if you actually look at that roster. It's amazing they got as far as they did. Really, yeah, yeah. That's such a rebranding tragedy. As well, that Iverson's career is basically encapsulated by those terrible black unis. <laughs> you know, with, you the, not with the big wide arms. That's the thing I never liked. The big wide arms and the, the, the red and the gold. The Tyrone Hill uniform? The Tyrone yes. Hill uniform. Oh, That's the one. The Theo Ratcliffe. I didn't mind them at the time. I don't know. Looking back, I don't know. Maybe they, they weren't the best. They kind of. That whole era when they were wearing the wide shoulders, I just yeah. didn't like those. Was... Yeah, the, uh, the late 90s, early noughties wasn't a great time for fashion across the board, really. Hip hop or basketball is some some terrible looks. Lots of fabric went to waste. Yes, lots of denim and lots of uh, yeah, lots of silky fabric. <laughs> but I think that's what drew us to your uh, your records and your covers and stuff because we we could see you were like minded dudes who were into your sports and you'd have the sneakers on the cover and you know the the record labels called Eastern Conference and stuff. There was some kind of like I don't know connection there. It was uh, it was pretty cool. It was obvious you were really into your sports and stuff. 
Yeah, well, like, that's the one thing I could say about Eon. Like, you know, like, we never really, like, pretended to be something we weren't. Yeah, of course. I think that's, that's, yeah, yeah, that's the important thing, isn't it? Like, to, to us guys here in the north of England, lots of hip-hop at the time, just, you can't, it meant nothing to me. <laughs> you couldn't connect to much yeah. of it, if you know what I mean. So it's, with people you know, they're not, yeah, they're being who they are. Right, like, that, whatever it was, even if it was sports and porn and whatever it was, like, our <laughs> records were were kind of true you know what i mean they weren't we weren't like being like yo we're gangbangers and shit like that yeah. so. so how did you fall into the music thing was that just growing up in philly and, and listening to philly hip-hop and stuff or yeah well my dad is a um, jazz um like author and like made a, a documentary so i kind of grew up around a lot of famous jazz artists and no way was inspired by that i would say not really consciously but i would say so and then um, we would do like the, the talent shows very early, like maybe around 14 years old, like me and Eon. And I realized very quickly I wasn't particularly a good rapper. So <laughs> <Being> a... <laughs> um, around that time, we were going to the shows at the Spectrum where the Sixers played. Yeah. And we were seeing like those big arena tours, you know, like, like public LL enemy and stuff. Tour. Yeah. Yeah. And all that. Yeah. And you would see the turntable set up there with like the, the two 1200 techniques and the anvil cases and that little wooden Gemini, you know? Yeah. And like that either like captivated you or it didn't, you know? So I figured, you know. Yeah. And Cash Money was like then, world champion back then yeah. as well, I guess, and stuff like that. Remember him, yeah, his routine course, from really. the DMCs and stuff. They they showed that shit. That was massive over here, obviously, because the the DMCs were in London every year. So we we were we had that ram down our throat down here. So it was kind of as right. I was like twelve years old when I saw Cash Money, you know, and I was like fucking blown away. That's what got myself yeah. into DJ. Not on you know same level as yourself. We used to do local nights and stuff, but um, yeah, it was fascinating at like that age just to see. And Philly's got a rich heritage, I guess, of, sort of technical DJs and stuff, Jazzy Jeff and. And guys like that. Yeah, I would say like um, personally, I was in- inspired by, um, y- you know, my friend Shecky Green, the guy who started the Source. Yes, of course. Um, Jonathan Schechter. Yeah, was he a he Philly guy a then? Yep, and yeah. he was in a group called BMOC, and they had a record out, and their DJ named Kid Swift, like that's who I would go up okay. to West Philly, you know, like where Cash and Jazzy Jeff are from. And I would go into his basement and see him going, you know, on doubles and stuff. And that's what, like, my inspiration was. But I think in Philly, everybody had their own kind of guy who they learned from. Yeah. You know? Tap Money, another Philly guy, I guess. Yeah. um, Miz. Guy. Oh, yeah. Fresh Come Miz, yeah. And uh, Tough Cruise DJ. Too Tough. Wow. He was Too Tough. He was no joke. They they were one of my favorite groups, like, back in that day. They were... They were big in England, man. A lot of people were into Tough Crew. It's strange. It's, they just had like a weird sort of cult following around here. It was mental. Yeah. Have you read his story, Too Tough? Yeah, yeah I have. He had a, a few legal yeah. troubles, didn't he, and stuff. And um, yeah, it's a good read. Kidnappings and crazy shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just um, we just did a high and mighty reunion show in Philly, and no he way. was the um, like the in-house DJ, you know. Amazing. Oh, it's good. So he's yeah. on the straight and narrow, I guess. Now he's, you know, he's. Well, um. Yeah. I hope so. <laughs> yeah. He's a very unique guy. Yeah. Now he's good. I always loved that guy. He was. Um, yeah. Their albums were just. Yeah. Crazy. My part of town should have been way bigger than it was. I yeah. Mean, it oh, that's like, a huge you know, record over here still, man. People with, play that. At, it takes two. Yeah. 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 Now that was a ma- that was a massive record in England. It was uh, one of those sort of anthems at sort of any kind of club as well. You know, house clubs or whatever. They'd play that shit all the time, and people would go mental. 
Philly too, but for some reason not New York. I don't yeah. know why that didn't catch on. In Strange, isn't it? How it works like that with certain records and stuff. Like the Twin Hype record was just as big as uh, my part of town in What's New that? York. For those that like to groove, or the uh, the other one. What's you know the, the Twin um, Hype. Um, do it to the crowd. Do it to the crowd. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, that was a big record. Hip house was really big over here because there was quite right. a healthy appreciation for house. So you know, shit like that and Doug Lazy and um, stuff like that would get you know heavy spin. Records. But in retrospect, the power probably the Chill Rob G version yes. is the greatest one. Yeah, what an <laughs> album that is, by the way. Yeah, I still rock that regularly. He was a, he was such an underrated rapper. The, I always say those are the best vocals ever on a pop record. Really? Yeah. Where well, he got ripped the off, power. didn't he, by Snap or whatever it was? Yeah. Right. Some versions are other Yeah, yeah. Some. Yeah. When did you end up doing the raucous thing? Was that kind of um? Did they? Did they distribute Eastern Conference and stuff? Was it like a label deal or? Yeah, it was like a, at, at the time, a couple of different labels like Tommy Boy and stuff were like bidding on home field advantage because it was pretty yeah. much already done. Yeah, yeah. We had already like made it ourselves, you know, with all those guest appearances yeah. and stuff paid for, ready to go. So Raucous came in at the last second, like, and to, like, seal the deal, they said, oh, we'll give you, like, a three-album deal for Eastern Conference. Yeah. It was a way for us to get Cage out, because we had Cage signed at the moment, at the time, yeah. and Mad Skills. So That's that right. was, I remember like, all offer that was yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah, I remember, I think Open Might Night was the first record of, your, of yours I heard back in... Um, oh, nice. Bongo's days. You remember Bongo's? You must have been in Mr. Bongo's yeah. back in the day. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there was a really healthy sort of independent scene back then wasn't there like sort of late 90s and stuff there was so many records coming out and you guys were kind of at the forefront of that i felt kind of yeah i mean i'm i'm, I'm totally honored to have been at that part of that scene because it feels like it was one of the last scenes you know yeah like, that actually people being creative and you know babito had his fondlem label and stuff and people were just trying new things and sampling records that had not been sampled before and stuff weren't they you know before sampling kind of died out if you will Right. Um, yeah. And just the whole connection with Stretch playing the record, Stretch That's and right. Bobito, and the next day people showing up and Fat Beats going, Do you have that record that Stretch yep. played last night? So there was this yeah, very, yeah, of course. you know, hand to mouth, like. Yeah, we used know, to get the connect- tapes over here, kind of secondhand and stuff. And it was people, yeah, people, they were like gold dust. You know, you had a Stretch tape and stuff. It was, um, if you had a Stretch tape, you were good. <laughs> you were. Right. There was a lot of that shit. Did you ever go on like tours and stuff then as uh, part of the group? We saw the bigger names in hip hop and stuff. Yeah, well, we um, we opened up for Eminem on his big first European tour. Oh, like, wow. After okay. his first album was out, but before the second album was out. Yeah. So that was that was amazing. Um, and we did like uh, raucous type things like, you know, Pharaoh Manch, we'd be with Manch yeah. or uh, Shabam Sadiq. Um, but yeah, we did we did some nice touring back then. Yeah, did you get disillusioned with the sort of business side of it or anything, or did you? Was it just kind of, I don't know, it kind of the raucous thing went south, didn't it? Eventually and stuff. How did you feel the sort of industry change, sort of going into the two thousand? It seemed to a lot of people seem to step away from the from the business, if if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, um, it was it was tough back then because I felt like I was the executive producer, but also the producer. Yeah. So it's like I was signing the groups, but also like kind of responsible for the in-house beats. Yeah. And just the rule of hip hop is it's always the label's fault. Yeah. So no matter what was going to happen with like the Tame One record or 
you know, the Leak Brothers record, which was a collab between Cage and Tame, or Nighthawks, which was a collab between Camus and Cage. Like, we were putting out a lot of product, yeah. you know, and it's always going to be the label then, even though, like... If Eon it doesn't sell there, like, why is it not sold? Yeah, it, it, right. that, that kind of thing. But yeah. Eon and I had a 50-50 deal with all the artists back then, mm. which was unheard of in the industry. So yeah. we were always just like, you know, like... Yeah. We're in this together. Exactly. You know? We're not making money. You're not making money. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. And you're spending money. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. Right. Yeah. The Smut Pellas thing I really enjoyed. That was a nice little spin off. That, that had a little uh, a little buzz over here. That was good. Who Was it you? Did you hook the Lynn Christopher sample? Was that, was that one of your finds? Yep. Oh, yeah. To yep. my day, that's one of my favorite sort of fucking oh, nice. samples, man. Oh, I still need a copy of that album, though. One of those. You see it for about £100 over here, and you're like, eh, it's a little steep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no, that that is a goodie. That is a goodie. So, do you still some? You still making music? I guess I say you got a yep. thing out with Chub Rock recently. Yep, I did. Um, I also did this project over the last couple of years called OG House, and it was um, I collabed with a ton of the golden era rappers that we've been talking about. Um, but like had them rhyme over like up tempo stuff. Yeah, yeah. The um, Chub Rock one's quite partyish. I think you flip at the wrong right, sample, right. You? I just. I just figured, you know, like I got crazy people on there, like, um, you know, the 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 main rapper from the Tough Crew we were just talking about, um, Ice Dog, you know, like just people like that, like Large Professor and MC Search and okay, um, Noriega and Ghostface. Oh, and legit Super names Robert then, Steve. yeah, yeah. Just like I did like twenty five songs, and I've probably only put out about six or seven of them. But um, so I did that, which was fun. But I realized very quickly there's a very small audience for like golden era rappers rhyming over house. Music. <laughs> <laughs> you was kind of narrowing that. <laughs> yeah, it's just tough in general um, to make money in the music industry nowadays, isn't it? Yeah, yeah you got to just... just expect to just do it for the yeah, love of it at exactly. this point. You know, nobody's. I, I mean, I'm not expecting for like, you know. Yeah. Bushwick Bill rhyming over a, a dark house beat to <laughs> sell millions of copies. So I'd I'm just it. trying new things. And I've got I friends over here like, in the music industry still and stuff and do stuff with Mike and stuff. And it's just, like you say, they're just doing it for the love. They, if they can spin a few DJ, you know, gigs off it for a bit of money, all the better. But yeah, yeah you, you, you know, you're not going to be making a fortune. It's, uh, yeah, you're in it for the love. Right, we're going to put you on the spot, sports wise. Um, uh oh! Remember, <laughs> don't worry, it's not too tough. Uh, we remember you uh, famously uh, setting the questions for Fife Dog back in Fat Lace back in the day uh, on a sports quiz. So we're going to get our own back and uh, I'm going to test your uh, <laughs> test your Philly uh, your sports knowledge. So I've only got I've only got eight questions. So we'll not we'll not, we'll not keep you long. Right, first question: Which Philadelphia Eagles player appeared on American Gladiators in 1993? Is it um? Is it multiple choice? It's not, but you can. <laughs> in 1993, I would guess Herschel Walker. Seth Joyner. Okay. Yeah, cool. I don't know why why I thought you'd know that one, but uh, we'll have a go. <laughs> no, that's a, good, that's a good trivia question. Yeah, I just remember it vaguely uh, years and ago. a very good linebacker. <laughs> he was a good linebacker, yeah. He was fucking built. Number um, 59. That's the one. Okay, who holds the record for the longest punt in Eagles history? Randall Cunningham. It is. Very good, yes. Good knowledge. <laughs> 91-yard against the Giants in 89. All right, uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm 50% right now. Go. Yeah, 
one for two. I'd have a kicker if you could do that. A year earlier, who did Cunningham connect with for a 95-yard touchdown against the Buffalo Bills? Which wide receiver? It's either Barnett or um, the guy who wore 89. Um, I think... Oh, no, no. Fred Barnett is It is Fred Barnett. Very good. It is, right? Yeah. I remember it. It's the the one where he does the mad scramble and just kind of flings it. And yeah, Barnett Barnett in the black black boots takes it home. Is that the same game as the punt? No, no. I think the happened against the Bills, though. I think the punt was against the Giants, if I... Okay. Correct, but uh, yeah, it was one of those infamous kind of plays they showed over and over over here. That touchdown, it was a good one. Yeah, the one where he ducks the sack and then that's throws right. It. Yeah, and Barnett does that celebration where he kind of just sort of falls down and slams the ball down. It's uh, yeah, it's a good one. Um, okay, which Sixers player appeared in the nineteen ninety five All Star Game? Which Sixer player? Yeah. There's only one Sixer in the 1995 All-Star game. Can you name him? Oh, I guess that would be like the year before Allen got there. Yeah, a couple of years uh, before. I think Iverson was 97, wasn't he? Possibly. 95? Yeah. Huh. I want to say Stackhouse, but I don't think that's right. Um, you know what? Maybe Clarence Weatherspoon. <laughs> no <laughs> funny you should say that but no it's not it's Dana Barros uh, okay, okay, 95 yeah. um, but Clarence we, is a big we have a um, yeah we, Clarence is a kind of a recurring character on this show as well we have a Clarence Weatherspoon Hall of Fame it's a long story but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Clarence Weatherspoon is the reason the two of us are friends yeah we yeah. me and Gav met about but, 25 years ago and um, he asked me a trivia question about which Sixers player had the record for the most games without playing in the playoffs. Anyway, the, the answer was Clarence Weatherspoon. And, uh, yeah, it's been a running joke ever since. So. <laughs> Clarence gets a lot, a lot of love on this show. I've um, seen your post on Instagram. This doesn't surprise me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we go, <laughs> we go weird with this shit. Uh, okay. Minute Ball hit how many three-pointers in one half against the Phoenix Suns in 1993? He went crazy. In one half? Yeah, he went crazy from three-point range in one half. Uh, six? No, it is six. Very good. Well done. <laughs> you remember that? That was, that sec- was a guess. That yeah, was that, a guess. Well, good guess. That was on his, uh, on his second go-round with the sixes. I think he had a little cup of coffee towards the end. Did you ever see Manute play in the flesh? I think so. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So. His son's on the Nuggets kind of G-League team right. now, isn't he? Yeah. Bobo. Yeah, that's the guy. Yeah, he looks pretty good. Okay, uh, a few more. Can you name the three players the Sixers received from the Phoenix Suns in the Charles Barkley trade in 1992? Let's see. One would be obviously be the guy who's a coach now who Stackhouse punched, you know. Um, <laughs> John Stockton's backcourt mate. Yes, that's the one. Um, think of the name. Sometimes I'm bad with names just because of <laughs> weed. Right, Jeff Hornacek. Jeff Hornacek is one, yeah. You should know one of these, definitely, because I think he's one of your temple boys. Really? Oh, Tim Perry? Tim Perry is one, yeah. And not Cedric Ceballos, but maybe... I should know this, huh? It's a bit obscure. To be fair, there's a member of his own family. (laughs) 
It is. Is it obscure? Well, it's not that obscure. You'd be like, ah, shit. But I'll tell you, I guess. But um, it was Andrew Lang. Oh, Andrew Lang. Was oh, okay. Yeah, right, right, right. Not, right, not right. the most memorable sixer. Um, but, um, not the best of trades. No. No. <laughs> no. Absolutely not. I think they went to the finals, didn't they, that year? Phoenix. So, uh, yeah. What are you going to do? All right. A couple more for you. Um, in 1991, which Phillies player crashed his red Mercedes-Benz into a tree after attending the bachelor party of teammate John Crook, injuring himself and teammate Darren Dalton. Shit, I was going to guess Darren Dalton. Um, <laughs> he was co-pilot. Wait, who, was the, who was the first name you said? I didn't tell you his name. It's which, which player crashed his red Mercedes on the way back from right, right. John Crook's bachelor party. Right, John Crook, Darren Dalton. 91 um, Philly. He's had various he's troubles. Picture, right? he's, he's, had ver- he's had various off-court, off-field uh, troubles ever since. It's like now is it there? He's more famous. I don't than know. Lenny Dykstra, of course. Yeah, of, uh, of course. Yeah, he's had his. Uh... He's very famous right now because of his appearances on Howard Stern. Oh, really? Yeah, where he's totally honest and he's a bizarre guy. You he know? is very so strange. His yeah. Stories are. His stories are well liked. I don't know if you've heard a podcast called Crime in Sports. There's a particular episode about him on there, which is fascinating. Really? <laughs> it runs about three hours long, yeah. He's uh, various misdemeanors and stuff over the years. It's uh, <laughs> it's quite a good one. It's a good podcast for yeah. that stuff. Uh, okay, one more for you. This is maybe rubbing it in a little bit. Um, how many millions of dollars did the Phillies uh, pay Ryan Howard over the span of his career? Um, 90. 190. <laughs> wow. Yeah. He did all right. But hey, I guess he got a World Series out of it. Yeah. So, yeah. Good for good for Ryan. I guess we've I guess, I guess we've kept you long enough. Um we'll have to have you back on if uh, if Philly gets to the finals this year. And, yeah, uh, that would be fun. Maybe me and Ian. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be great to get him yeah, on. Where, Arnold, yeah. Where's he based nowadays? He's in Philly. Is he? Okay. Yeah, but we could just do like a four-way call or whatever. That'd be cool, man. Yeah, that'd be perfect. Yeah. So, where can we catch you when we're out in Vegas? If anyone's out in um, Vegas, is it the MGM now? Uh, yeah, Park MGM at a spot called On the Record. Okay. And um, it's really the most unique place on the strip. It's the only place where they play. We play like real hip hop, you know, like old school stuff. Cool. Every place else on the strip is still pretty much EDM'd out. So yeah, yeah. I've not been out to Vegas to... for like five or six years, but I might be coming out next year. So I'll have to. I'll have to. I'll give you a note. Give you a note. Cool, man. Say hello, definitely. Yeah, come through. Yeah, for sure, definitely, man. Well, um, yeah, thanks for jumping on us, Milo. And um, yeah, thanks, fellas. Thanks for having. Um, me. Yeah, oh, hopefully, it's good yeah, honor, we'll, um, we'll we'll catch up with you um, deep in the playoffs if if Philly gonna run. And uh, yeah, we'll get yeah. we'll get Mister Ian on as well and uh, chat it up. Sounds good. All right, man. Enjoy the rest of your day. Okay. Take yep, it easy, brother. Take care. Yeah. Peace yep. out. What we're going to do right here is go back, way back, back into time. You've got to, got to, got to move when the sisters rock and we got the groove. So keep, 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 keep it on with Dr. J and Moses Malone.
Center, 